This is Curiosity, in which WDET answers your questions about Detroit's culture and history. Here's one question we get a lot. My name is Michelle Lanou, and I'm from Pleasant Ridge, Michigan. Um, I'm wondering about the salt mines. Um, Why don't we hear much about them? Right under the city, 1,100 feet below the ground, there wind the mile-long corridors of a gigantic salt mine. Salt mining in Detroit began more than a century ago and is still going on today. The first successful commercial salt mine opened in 1910. But the salt itself has been there much, much longer. To find out how it got there, we could go back in time, about 400 million years or so. Or we could just walk over to Wayne State University's geology department and ask Professor Sarah Brownlee for the scientific explanation. Back about 400 million years ago, Michigan was a basin, a shallow basin, kind of similar to, say, the Red Sea. It's a shallow sea that is somewhat connected, but mostly disconnected from the ocean. So when the water, seawater spills into the basin, it eventually evaporates away, leaving behind the salts that are dissolved. In the water. Brownlee says over time, Earth's land masses shifted and sediments built up over the salt. Fast forward to the present day and a meeting with George Davis. He manages public safety and public affairs for the Detroit Salt Company, which is next to the Marathon Oil Refinery in southwest Detroit. Davis says the mine operates about 20 hours a day, producing primarily road salt. We use a a machine called the Continuous Miner, which is an auger that grinds against the wall of salt, and then it's thrown back and then brought by conveyor belts to a crushing and screening place where we break it down to the right small size and then bring it back up and then ship it to road commissions for the winter de-icing. Two of Detroit Salt Company's main customers are Wayne County and the city of Detroit. Together, they bought almost 70,000 tons of salt from the company to spread on local roads this past winter. The amount they buy every year varies depending upon the severity of the weather. Wayne County also buys salt from Canadian mines, as do Macomb and Oakland counties. The Detroit mine has its own network of roads carrying miners and machinery under parts of the city, Allen Park, and Melvindale. One may wonder how all that heavy equipment gets down there. George Davis says, piece by piece. We take machines and that have to go down there, break it up, you know, take them all apart, put them in this area, and then bring them down in a, in a what's called a skip, what people would normally see as an elevator, and then reassemble it down at the bottom. But Davis says once it's down there, it stays there. Outside of the miners, few people have seen the operation up close. One who has is Dave Lowry, another geologist at Wayne State. It's very clean, very dry. It's kind of fun. You take a flashlight and hold it against the wall, and you can see the light sort of disappearing into this nice, clear salt. Lowry has brought back samples from the mine to show students and curious reporters why mineral companies value salt. When you break a piece of it, it breaks into smaller and smaller cubes. Uh, I don't know if this will work, but yeah, see, it's called cleavage. Lowry's line of work has given him a look at the mine that's not available to the general public. George Davis says the Detroit Salt Company does not offer tours because they would halt production. There were tours for a couple of years in the 1980s when the mine was inactive. The owner then, International Salt Company, discontinued mining due to economic conditions. The tours ended, and a new company, Crystal Mines, bought the operation in 1985. 
For the next several years, there were talks about storing hazardous waste in the mine. Those plans eventually faded, and Crystal Mines sold it to the Detroit Salt Company in 1997. Mining resumed the following year, and the current owner, the Kistner Group of Ontario, purchased the mine in 2010. Part of George Davis's job is to visit schools and speak to groups that want to know about the mine. He says one question comes up often. Can we eat the salt? <laughs> and, and no. Well, you know, it's, it's salt. It's, it's the same thing. Now, the question becomes, you know, this is not uh, food-grade salt, of course, and so we don't promote its uh, being consumed that way. But it is salt. It is the same stuff, chemically speaking. It may be the same, but table salt and the trendy sea salt are made differently. And although the public can't go inside the mine, one can imagine it inside their minds. Such a vision inspired musician Paul Dooley to compose a piece for brass and percussion called Salt of the Earth. Dooley says his grandmother told him stories about the mines when he was a child. Those stories and award-winning photographer Tony Spina's pictures of the mine formed the basis of the music. Uh, in fact, I used one of the, his photos for the cover of Salt of the Earth. This great photo of a man standing on a, a bridge overlooking a long cave, and there's a conveyor belt of salt <laughs> running right through the cave. The salty caves running through the ground beneath Detroit give listener Michelle Lanoue a new appreciation of the city's industrial past. The fact that we have that mine and, and it's historic. I think the historic value is, is, is fascinating and sort of mysterious because it's underground and there are no tours. For more facts about the Detroit salt mine, go to WDET.org, where you can also see pictures and hear more of Paul Dooley's Salt of the Earth. Thanks to Sasha Ryan, Tom Couch, and Annie Scaramuzino for their work on this edition of Curiosity. I'm Pat Batchelor. WDET's Curiosity is supported by Michigan Science Center. More at mi-sci.org.